Greetings. Welcome to Faith Trainers, reading through the Bible in a year. My better looking partner is not here with me today. She is presently occupied, but we wanted to make sure we got through this section of the Bible for today. So I'm Tim Trainer, and we're going through Genesis chapter 11 and 12, and then we're going to go to the New Testament and read through Matthew chapter 6. So this is day 6 of reading through the Bible in a year. And we'll see if we can get through this together. <laughs> okay, so what I'm going to do first is just ask the Lord's blessing on this and see if we can't have some utterance and have Him speak to us through His Word. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be in your word, every opportunity to be in your word is special, every opportunity to learn from you being led by your spirit is extremely special and what a gift you've given us. And I ask Lord that you would grant me utterance to read this well, but moreover that you would speak by your spirit to each one listening, help them to hear what you would have them to hear, something that is meaningful for their life something that is a teaching moment for them as you would have them to see. Help us all to see, Lord, as you would have us to see, to know as you would have us to know. And we just come before you in faith, believing for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so let's begin Genesis chapter 11. And the whole earth was of one language, and of one speech. And remember, we just went through in the previous chapter uh, all the generations of Noah um, for a good number of centuries leading up to the next point in chapter 11. So that's the background on this for those of you that weren't here yesterday. So again, uh, I'll start again at chapter 1. I'm sorry, chapter 11, verse 1, which reads, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech, and it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, that they found a plain in the land of Shinar, and they dwelt there. And they said to one another, Go to, let us make brick, and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone, and slime they had for mortar. And they said, Go to, let us build us a city and a tower, whose top may reach unto heaven, and let us make us a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower, which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they have all one language, and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. Go to, let us go down. And there confound their language, that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth, and they left off to build the city. Therefore is the name of it called Babel, because the Lord did there confound the language of all the earth, and from thence did the Lord scatter them abroad upon the face of all the earth. These are the generations of Shem. Shem was an hundred years old, and begat Arphaxad, two years after the flood. And Shem lived after he begat Arphaxad, 500 years, 
and begat sons and daughters. And Arphaxad lived five and thirty years and begat Salah. And Arphaxad lived after he begat Salah four hundred and three years and begat sons and daughters. And Salah lived thirty years and begat Eber. And Salah lived after he begat Eber four hundred and three years and begat sons and daughters. And Eber lived four and thirty years and begat Peleg. And Eber Eber lived after he begat Peleg four hundred and thirty years and begat sons and daughters, and Peleg lived thirty years and begat Reu. And Peleg lived after he begat Reu two hundred and nine years and begat sons and daughters. And Reu lived two hundred oh I'm sorry. And Reu lived two and thirty years and begat Sarug, and Reu lived after he begat Sarug two hundred and seven years and begat sons and daughters. And Sarug lived thirty years, and begat Nahor. And Sarug lived after he begat Nahor two hundred years, and begat sons and daughters. And Nahor lived nine and twenty years, and begat Terah. And Nahor lived after he begat Terah an hundred and nineteen years, and begat sons and daughters. And Terah lived seventy years, and begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran. Now these are the generations of Terah. Terah begat Abram, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran begat Lot. And Haran died before his father Terah in the land of his nativity in Ur of the Chaldees. And Abram and Nahor took them wives. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, and the name of Nahor's wife, Milcah, the daughter of Haran, the father of Milcah, and the father of Iscah. But Sarai was barren. She had no child. And Terah took Abram his son, and Lot the son of Haran, his son's son, and Sarai his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife, and they went forth with them from Ur of the Chaldees to go into the land of Canaan, and they came unto Haran and dwelt there. And the days of Terah were two hundred and five years, and Terah died in Haran. All right, so that's chapter 11. Uh, just quick observations. That Tower of Babel, we don't fully know all what was involved there, but what is evident is that it didn't take long before, <laughs> before people started messing up. They kind of had a vain glory for themselves in that they wanted to build this big monument and we don't, we, it, the Bible's kind of silent on the full extent of what all that is. But instead of obeying God's admonition to Noah and his sons to populate the earth and be fruitful and multiply, a lot of them coalesced into one area and they thought, we're going to build this great city and tower and whatever. And... You know, who knows, maybe there were some advances in technology or for whatever reason, they were, I, I guess, they were in, in defiance of God. They were saying, look how great we are, we don't need God. And kind of sounds familiar, doesn't it? And so then God confounded their language. They couldn't help each other if they couldn't understand each other. And we... We feel the legacy of that today. We have all kinds of different languages. I like 
studying languages a little bit. I'm, I'm no expert linguist by any means, but I've always kind of dabbled in it and um, I've, I've enjoyed playing with some other languages and seeing a lot, you know, through language, you can see a lot about culture and things, but they were of one language until they became disobedient, until they flouted God's authority, until they, you know, said, we don't need God. We're going to, we're going to make a great name for ourselves. So on the one hand, it's like, well, why would he do that? Well, God did that for good reasons. And if you really think about it, it was actually very merciful that he didn't destroy. <laughs> God didn't destroy again, not like the flood. So um, in his mercy, it confounded the languages and that caused people to spread throughout the earth and, and you know, a lot of stuff went on there. And then we have uh, some more, we kind of fast forward through some more centuries. And notice too, that people aren't living as long. They're not living eight, 900 plus years. They're living around 200 and the numbers kind of decreasing a bit. Um, so I, I guess that's, uh, oh, and then we uh, get introduced to Abram and Lot and uh, their father, uh, their fathers, uh, Terah and Nahor, and they are, um, they're introduced to us. So let's see what chapter 12 has to say about all that. Genesis chapter 12. Now, the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. So Abram departed as the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him. And Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. So, he's seventy-five, okay. Verse five. And Abram took Sarai his wife, and Lot his brother's son, and all their substance that they had gathered, and the souls that they had gotten in Haran, and they went forth to go into the land of Canaan. And into the land of Canaan they came. And Abram passed through the land unto the place of Sichem, unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was then in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. And he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, and pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west, and high on the east. And there he builded an altar unto the Lord, and called upon the name of the Lord. And Abram journeyed, going on still toward the south. And there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down into Egypt to sojourn there, for the famine was grievous in the land. And it came to pass, when he was come near to enter into Egypt, that he said unto Sarai his wife, Behold now, I know thou art a fair woman to look upon. Therefore it shall come to pass, when the Egyptians shall see thee, that they shall say, This is his wife, and they will kill me, but they will save thee alive. 
Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. And it came to pass that when Abram was coming to Egypt, the Egyptians beheld the woman that she was very fair. The princes also of Pharaoh saw her, and commended her before Pharaoh. And the woman was taken into Pharaoh's house, and he entreated Abram well for her sake. And he had sheep and oxen, and he asses and men servants and maid servants, and she asses and camels. And the Lord plagued Pharaoh and his house with great plagues because of Sarai, Abram's wife. Hmm. And Pharaoh called Abram and said, What is this that thou hast done unto me? Why didst thou not tell me that she was thy wife? Why sayest thou she is my sister? So I might have taken her to me to wife. Now therefore behold thy wife, take her, and go thy way. And Pharaoh commanded his men concerning him, and they sent him away and his wife and all that he had. Okay, so... <laughs> what can we take from this? Um, first of all, they're uh, come out of the Ur of the Chaldees, which is where they're from, and they go to another place, the land of Canaan. And remember, Canaan was the son of Ham, uh, Noah's son. So they're in his land. So they headed south, to make a long story short. And uh, the Lord appeared to Abram, and he made quite a promise. He said, I'm going to make all nations be blessed through you. How does that work? All You shall be a blessing to all nations. That's interesting. And there's a lot we could say on that. But um, then we go along. And we're going to learn more about that in just like the next forthcoming chapters. Now, also, uh, as... They were traveling. There was a great famine. They ended up in Egypt and then uh, told his wife, Sarai, to tell the Pharaoh and whoever would ask that uh, Abram was her brother. And that was kind of telling a fib. <laughs> I guess he got a little scared and uh, he wasn't sure what awaited him. And, you know, when you go into the unknown, sometimes you do things you wish you wouldn't. But uh, God was with him and her. And the Pharaoh figured it out, and he says, what have you done to me? They had great plagues in Egypt. So, um, well, he plagued Pharaoh specifically. So this is kind of interesting. So plagues, uh, we know about the uh, Exodus story. So that was not the first time plagues have been visited in Egypt, and the Lord's allowed plagues to happen there. But anyway, um, he figured it out. And he told his men, the, the Pharaoh told his men, hey, make sure this guy's taken care of. Escort them out of here. I don't want any problems with God. <laughs> so uh, Pharaoh was convinced that God was behind all that. And we're going to learn more about one of the great heroes of faith. Ab Abram, who will be called Abraham soon uh, in our reading, um, he is an amazing example to us all of hearing God, trusting God, obeying God, not even hesitating, and doing things that make no sense as you look at them on the face of them at first. He was just a great man of faith, and we're going to hear a lot more about him. 
All right, so time for the New Testament. I'm sure Catherine would offer a lot of uh, good commentary here, though. But um, anyway, we're going to go to chapter 6, New Testament, book of Matthew. And remember, we just... Uh, we just went through a pretty long chapter in chapter 5 uh, on the Beatitudes. And what we're doing in chapter 6 is we're continuing that. So it was quite a long sermon. Um, we can read through it in just a matter of minutes. But uh, there was a big crowd there, and they call it Sermon on the Mount. And uh, Jesus is just laying it out. It's like, here's the gold standard. Uh, here's God's standard. It's beyond a gold standard. And um, basically, he's laying out what is holiness, what is righteousness, what is, you know, you think you do things under the law and you're a good person and etc. Let me, let me give an example of God's holiness and we, we are woefully inadequate. And um, there's a lot more I need to say on that. It's, if, you're, if you're not familiar with that concept, don't be turned off by it, because it'll make more sense as we go along. All right. So, Matthew chapter 6. Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise, you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Therefore, when you do, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But when thou doest alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy father, which is in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when ye pray, use not vain repetitions, as the heathen do, for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Be not ye therefore like unto them, for your Father knows what things you have need of before you ask him. After this manner therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Moreover, when you fast... Be not as the hypocrites, of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thy head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, 
and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust does corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you, that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Alright, so it's another segment from the Sermon on the Mount. And there's some interesting notes here, just briefly. Um, talking about giving, talking about fasting, talking about praying. He's saying to do it all in secret. And don't put on a gloomy face or don't stand in front of a crowd and, and make this big production out of it. Uh, God's not impressed by our eloquence. He's not impressed by our ability to do sophistry or rhetoric, um, fancy speeches. He is impressed by a sincere heart. And Christ talks about where your heart is, there your treasure is also. And that is so profound to me and has been something that impacted my life a little while ago, <laughs> quite some time ago, and has been something that... Uh, that I've tried to pay attention to. I haven't been perfect at it. Nobody is. But, um, you know, there's, uh, there's a lot of wisdom in here. And this is really giving us a real view into 
a personal relationship with Christ. You know, we're reading about how powerful God is and some of the things he's done in the Old Testament already, just in the first, you know, dozen chapters. However, even moreover is God's love. And the person who's, who's preaching here in Matthew is his greatest display of that love. And you think about all the nations that were scattered in the Old Testament and how that was, and it, it must have been a horrible thing. You know, all of a sudden you can't understand each other and, you know, you're frantically searching. It's like, can you understand me? Can you understand me? And then, you know, there's a lot of fear. And where there's fear, there's a lot of, a lot of abuse. <laughs> a lot of abuse happens where there's fear. And so, you know, the nations became separate and, and there they are. But one day we're all going to speak the same language and we're going to be gathered together, all the nations, before the Son of Man, which is Jesus. And uh, I think that's a good place to leave off here for today. So let's close by praying. And Heavenly Father, I thank you again, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for inspiring the authors of all the books in this Bible. And I thank you, Lord, for speaking to us into our hearts and revealing your heart to us, Lord, your heart that is so full of love, the height and the depth and the breadth and the width, the length. We can't even conceive of how, how great your love is for us. And even through the, our mistakes and our willful disobedience and things that we do to each other, you're still there. You're always there. You are for us. You are not against us. And you've proven that in the most amazing way by sending us your son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And I thank you for that more than anything. Thank you, Lord, for salvation. And help us to, as we go through this Bible, to uh, learn more about what your salvation really is. And what a relationship with you really is. Help each one of us, Lord, to just deepen our understanding that you are for us. You are not against us. You, All you want is to love us to pieces. You're not a control freak. You're, you're not oppressive. You love us more than we can possibly imagine. And let that really come through here. And we ask it in the name above all names, the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen and amen and amen. All right. So God bless you all. And I'll have my lovely cohort here tomorrow. And we'll get back on track with both of us. And uh, thank you again for watching.